Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 34 The Other Seekers Katie stepped away from the door, her fists clenched. When did she lose control of the situation? She was the one who was supposed to give orders. She heard a light footfall behind her. Automatically turning, expecting to see Zach, she saw three strangers standing behind her, watching her carefully. Without thinking, she changed into wolf form. All three immediately bowed on one knee. We come in peace, Great Wolf, one of them spoke. Katie eyed them carefully. She smelled the air. They smelled like seekers, yet the evil smell was more dominant. The hair on the back of her neck rose. If we meant you harm, you would have been dead many times, the one in front said. Katie turned back into human. Who are you? I'm Kevin, the leader said, pointing to his chest. This is Austin. And Trevor. Katie nodded. Are you the ones who have been watching me? Kevin gave the other two a quick glance. Yes. Why have you not made yourself known? Kevin shrugged. The seekers you have at your compound are newborns. Katie frowned. They have never turned a human into a seeker. They are all fresh from the human world. Austin spoke up. But you are not malice, Katie emphasized. They shook their heads. We don't intend to be either. Kevin said with determination. What makes a seeker change into a malice? Katie asked cautiously. Every time a seeker chooses to change a were animal into a seeker, a piece of the animal spirit leaves. So all of you have made a were animal into a seeker? Katie was trying to understand. They nodded. We were only trying to survive, Trevor pointed out. We didn't know we had a choice. Katie nodded. I'm sorry, it must have been an impossible situation for you. All three gave her a startled look. Katie heard a noise behind them. Stepping aside, she saw Reginald walking towards them, carrying towels and a bowl of water, and what looked like a first aid kit. He barely gave the strangers a glance. It's getting a little crowded in here, he mumbled. What do you mean? There are about 30 people standing around on the wet side of the cave. He finished before opening the door and going inside the bedroom. Katie arched her eyebrows, turning to the three seekers. The leader shrugged. We didn't want to scare you with our numbers. Katie nodded, reaching out with her mind. Zach, I'm here, Katie. Don't get alarmed, but there are about 30 seekers in the cave. If you can just walk through them and get to the bedroom, what are they? Just come as soon as you can. Katie felt Jackson enter her mind. The door behind Katie opened. Four pure hearts stepped out, standing directly behind Katie. Is everything okay out here? Justin said with his thoughts. I believe so, Katie said out loud. We're just having a getting to know you chat. Kevin's lips twitched before he nodded to the pure hearts. That's right. 
we decided to come introduce ourselves and offer our assistance. Don't trust them, Katie. They're too close to changing. Jackson's thoughts were chaotic. They're still seekers, Katie reminded him. She heard footsteps coming towards her. Peering around, she saw Zach. His eyes had that crazy look again. He stepped around the three seekers and stood next to her. Katie folded her arms. Now we are all assembled, she faced Kevin. How can you help us? We have been watching the home of the White Tiger along with this home. We used to watch the home where there were so many of you killed. Katie thought about what she was just told. You guys are the ones who killed the malice when they attacked the pure hearts. Kevin looked surprised, nodding. We're sorry we were not there to protect them before they were attacked. It took us off guard. We expected the attack on the full moon. Didn't we all? Katie muttered. Kevin's lips twitched again. We came to tell you you have a traitor among you. Katie nodded. Lizzie Hawk? The cheetah? The seeker looked surprised. If you know she's a traitor, why not kill her? Katie rubbed her forehead. It's a little more complicated than that. We saw her give three different scents to the wolves. The one called Austin said, It took us a while to figure out what sense she gave them. It became clear one of them was yours. Wait a minute, Katie said, raising her hand. Three cents? Kevin nodded. The white tiger, the white wolf, and the girl who lived with the traitor. The white tiger was a target? Yes, the seeker nodded. That was the easiest one to figure out. No wolves attacked David. We killed them before they made it to the white tiger, Trevor explained. When it was obvious the wolves were going after you, we thought you would run home. We set up an ambush just outside of town, but you ran in the opposite direction. They were too far ahead of us. We could not catch them. We didn't think the traitor would kill the girl who lived with her. Kevin shrugged. We failed to save her. Katie nodded. I'm sure you did your best. Thank you for helping us. The Seekers gave her an astonished look. Katie heard some soft footfalls. She looked behind the three Seekers to find the others who were slowly walking towards them. Do you know what happened to Nora Black? Yesterday, the young girl was playing basketball with her dad. The trader pulled into the drive and watched them for a while. She joined in on the game. The ball landed very close to where one of us was hiding, protecting the home. The young girl ran over to get it. The trader also came close. We didn't know if she saw the seeker or just smelled the scent. She knew we were watching. The trader made her excuses and left the premises. The next morning, she arrived early. She had been there many times. The seekers watching the home was used to her coming and going at will. She walked into the home a few minutes later and walked out with the young girl. They got into the car and drove away. Hours later, it became obvious something was wrong in the home. The tiger came out and started smelling the ground. The small bobcat showed up and they joined forces following the scent to where the young girl went after her ball. They found the scent of the seekers. We have been there many times and used the same trails. It was very strong to follow. Lizzie just bold as brass walked into the home and walked out with Nora? The seeker nodded. Katie? Justin grabbed her elbow. Remember earlier when I was talking to you about following Lizzie? Katie immediately turned to Justin. What did you find out? She met with this woman. Justin said uneasily, still keeping his eye on the seekers. This woman told her 
She had one more chance, and then the woman was going to take matters into her own hands. When that happened, Lizzie wasn't going to like the results. Chance for what? Katie asked. I don't know. We only heard the last part of the conversation, Nathan piped in. The lady said things like, You've had plenty of chances, and they're still together. She laid into Lizzie about how inept she was, Joel said. She said something about the enticers would come. Justin picked up the story. Lizzie acted really scared and said she would make sure this time it would happen. Katie rolled her eyes. Enticers? She turned to the seekers. Have you ever heard that term? Kevin shook his head, then cocked his head to one side as if he was listening to someone. Are you guys talking with your thoughts? Katie asked suddenly. Kevin looked surprised. You've always had that ability. I know, but how come we can talk to the seekers in the compound and not you guys? We could hear the seekers in the compound. One of them spoke up. But one night, we could no longer hear them. Katie frowned. So this whole time, we thought we somehow meshed our thought processes into one frequency when actually she stopped, unable to go on. The seekers in the compound gravitated towards the pure heart frequency. Jackson's thoughts finished her sentence. Katie repeated Jackson's words. Kevin nodded his head, accepting her explanation. He made a movement with his hand. A very large person stepped forward. Katie studied him intently. There was something wrong with his proportions. They didn't look right. She finally decided his arms were too long. Looking at his face, his brow bone was extended too far. He hunched over a little. Katie couldn't place where she had seen anything like him. Her eyes widened remembering a picture of a Neanderthal in science class. Her vision was blocked as Zack and Cluxy instantly stepped in front of her. Putting her hands between the two large pure hearts, she pushed them apart and squeezed back in front. Do you mind? I cannot see. Kevin spoke up. It is good you have bodyguards, Great Wolf. You should not leave them behind when you decide to go for long walks, even if it is a quiet place to be alone. You guys were at the waterfall. She could feel Jackson's anger and worry. Zack turned to her. I told you, he shook his head. You are not to go anywhere without me. Kevin gave her a curt nod. I was there making sure you were not harmed. I apologize if I scared you. Don't worry about it, Katie said in an offhanded manner. You had good intentions. Kevin's lips twitched. He turned to the Neanderthal. This is Hank. He is very close to changing into a malice. Zack and Cluxy stepped in front of Katie. You have got to be kidding me. She pushed and shoved. The two large mountains in front of her refused to budge. He will not harm the wolf, the seeker said. Zack slowly moved away from Cluxy, allowing Katie to peek through a narrow opening. Seriously? Katie fumed. How am I supposed to have a conversation like this? Cluxy finally relented. Katie gave the two mountains a final glare before turning to Hank. Do you mind if I ask you some questions? Hank gave her a surprised look, then glanced at the seeker in charge, 
who gave him a shrug, turning back to Katie. You can ask me anything you want, great wolf. How do you change? Hank shrugged. I have transformed four were-animals into seekers. Each time I did so, I felt something leave me. I no longer care about things I once did. Do you feel the desire to feed? Hank nodded. Yes, but you haven't done so. He shook his head. Katie eyed him. Why? I remember being a newborn seeker and feeling appalled when I realized what I could become. I choose to not be the being I abhorred not so long ago. He shrugged. I have a hope inside of me to become once again a newborn seeker and then maybe back to a were-animal like you. We believe what we were told, Kevin inserted, that this was our destiny and we could not go back nor undo the decisions we made to become a seeker. We did what we could to survive. When we heard of a seeker returning to his former self, how could we not come and try to change ourselves? It became obvious the were-animals were having a hard time accepting the newborn seekers. How would they accept us? Another seeker piped up. Or me, Hank added. I'm sorry, Katie said. I hope we are all in a position to accept you now. The seekers all stared at her again with surprised looks on their faces. What? We thought it was going to be harder than this to convince you, Kevin said cautiously. We are all pleased you accept us, but you should not be so trusting, Great Wolf. It may bring your downfall. Zack gave a big harumph. Katie pushed against him before he could close the gap. Have you ever heard of the term enticers? She asked Hank. He nodded his head. I can hear the malice talking. Enticers are the next level of beings after the malice. They no longer have animal tendencies. They are very beautiful, and people are automatically drawn to them. They do not crave the flesh of humans, but their blood. Katie rolled her eyes. Are you kidding me? She shook her head. That sounds like a vampire. This woman Lizzie was talking to said the enticers would come, and it scared Lizzie. Justin said they're much worse than the malice. Who was this woman Lizzie was talking to? Have you seen her before? No, but we took a picture. Nathan dug out his cell phone, pushing a couple of buttons. He handed the phone over to her. Katie looked into the small picture, hearing Jared's gasp in her mind. I know who she is. She looked up. This is Candy's mom. Here we go, Zach said. Circles back around to the Franklins. I was there, Katie. Jackson's thoughts were agitated. Tom Franklin had no idea what we were talking about. He opened up all his financials for us to inspect. There was no evidence anywhere of the company Chicago West. Tom Franklin may not be involved in this, Katie said, speaking out loud, but his wife is. She turned to Zach. What do you think the chances of Tom Franklin going home and telling his wife about the meeting he had with Jackson and his dad? Zach nodded. He goes to bed and she starts dumping all the evidence. Maybe she tells him not to worry about it. She'll do the investigating. Then come back and there's no evidence. Business goes on as usual. She tells her husband 
and he believes everything she says. He turns around and tells Jack Price there's no evidence. Jack Price wants to believe there's no evidence against his friend and stops digging. You're reaching, Katie. Jackson's thoughts were desperate. You're too close to this thing, Jackson, she said out loud. Tom Franklin only found out about Chicago West being on his books for what? Yesterday? I think it will be pretty hard to dump a whole company that quickly and erase it out of existence. There's got to be more information about it. They may be getting rid of evidence as we speak, Zack spoke quickly. We have to find it. There are a large number of malice in Chicago, Hank added. Katie stopped and looked at him. What? The malice who attacked the were animals in their beds were from Chicago, Kevin added. Chicago, Illinois? Katie said in an excited voice. There's no S sound in Illinois, Zach said automatically. Katie raised her hand. Zach, let's not go there. How do you know they're from Chicago? She asked the seekers. Kevin shrugged. We followed their scent and went through their stuff. I could lead you where the malice congregate. I have sort of a radar in my head. I think it's when I make the change I know where to go. Hank shrugged. The leaders like to keep the malice close so they don't lose control and become a nuisance. Katie reached out and grabbed Hank by the arms. I can kiss you. He raised his bushy eyebrows and gave the other seekers a wow, look at me look. That's okay, great wolf. You seem to have enough boyfriend problems. You don't need me getting too attached and killing your other boyfriends. Stunned, Katie stared at Hank. Jackson cracked up laughing before gasping in pain in her head. Zack roared with laughter, reached out and slapped Hank on the back. You and I are going to get along just fine. Katie felt heat rise up her neck her face turning a deep shade of red. She looked out over the crowd of seekers. They were all giving her a knowing look with grins on their faces. She looked down at the ground, shaking her head. Clearing her throat, she looked back at Hank. Are there any others like you? Hank frowned. There used to be three others. What happened? Did they start feeding? Hank shook his head. They have the sleeping sickness. His eyes looked sad. We are probably going to have to kill them before the full moon. They have what I had? Katie asked. They were bitten by wolves? Kevin stepped forward. We didn't know there was a cure, he stated. There are six of us who are bitten. There are some herbs we have that will help them. Katie turned to Zach. Do you have any left? We have a lot of it, Zach said. Jackson's dad bought a whole bunch after he read through Tyler's papers. They've been asleep for almost two weeks, Justin piped up. How do we know if anything will help now? We have to try. She turned to the leader. Let's see if we can help them. Jackson, is it okay if I leave you? You can't do anything for me, Katie. Go save the world. I have no intention of leaving your mind anytime soon. She turned to the seekers. Lead the way. Katie watched Zach lay the herbal compress on a bite wound that looked infected and festering. She looked into the faces of the seekers as they lay in a coma. She knew from experience they may be listening to everything or they were deeper in their minds, not able to hear a thing. 
She decided to act as if they could hear her. Hello, she said in a strong voice like she was addressing a full room of people. They cannot hear you, great wolf, Kevin said quietly. She put her finger to her lips and shook her head. I would like to introduce myself. I am Katie Johnson. I am one of the leaders of the Pure Hearts. I am told by the seekers here, you all fought valiantly to help us fight off the wolves. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. She got up and started walking between the bodies. I was bitten five times by five different wolves, and I am standing before you with my own mind and body intact. That's right, five times. If I can get out of the situation, I know every one of you can too. She was completely surrounded by the seekers, watching her carefully. I am not going to lie to you and tell you it's going to be easy. In fact, it's probably going to hurt like hell. I mean that literally. If you feel like the heat is consuming your body, you know you're doing it right. They all have the herbal compress, Zach said. Katie nodded. Okay, we have given you some herbs on the bites, and it may or may not help. She waited a moment, thinking how to verbalize the actions. I want you to remember the first time you transformed into an animal form and were able to control when you changed. You reached down into the soul of the animal to bring it to the surface. The heat generated into your system, and then you turned. That is what you need to do, except the heat does not have an outlet in the state you are in. You will not change into animal form. The heat will get hotter, and you'll feel like you're on fire. Katie, you had to go through that much pain? Jackson's thoughts were filled with concern. How much pain are you in right now, Jackson? She turned back to the seekers. I believe the heat is what will kill the virus running rampant in your system. Instead of fighting it, welcome it in your minds. The heat is what will make you whole. She hunched down and touched the seeker in front of her. I wish you well. She asked the names of each seeker and gently touched their hands. She spoke their name and wished them well in their journey. Getting up, she walked to the mouth of the small cave that held the seekers. The rain was still coming down in sheets. Turning back, she peered into the cave, frowning at the accommodations. You guys should be staying at the compound like the rest of the seekers. We do not believe the others staying at the compound will accept us like you have, Kevin said. Katie's frown deepened. Katie! Zack said quietly, it would be a good idea if these seekers stayed where they are. She turned, giving Zack her full attention. I'm listening. I'm sure Lizzie is asking the pure hearts that used to live with her what the numbers are in the compound, Zack said in an animated voice. Whoever wants us all dead has the exact count of how many seekers and pure hearts there are. If we can keep these seekers in our pockets, we will have an advantage. Katie nodded her head. Agreeing with Zach's strategy, she turned to the leader. Is there anything you need in supplies and food? Kevin shrugged. It would be easier if we didn't have to scrounge for our food. Katie turned to Justin. Can you help them with whatever they need at the compound? Justin nodded. She looked inside the cave again. How about showers? Kevin shrugged. You're welcome to use the facilities in my old home if you like, Katie said automatically. 
I'll let my mom know Seekers will be using the house without informing her what Seekers. She dug into her knapsack, finding her wallet. She pulled out the credit card Jackson had given her. She handed it to the Seeker. I'm sure you guys are going to be needing other things as well. Don't go overboard. Just get what you need. She heard Jackson sigh in her head. She could almost see him shaking his head and grinning. She reached her hand out to the leader of the Seekers. You have been on my team for quite some time, but I would like to officially welcome you. The Seeker reached out and grabbed her hand. It will be an honor serving with you, Great Wolf. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.